This is the Starseed Awakening Podcast. I'm your host, Monet Florence Combs, the coach for starseeds who are ready to heal on a soul level and fall in love with life on Earth. Join me for an epic intergalactic journey of celestial heritage, deep healing, and consciousness expansion. Let's go. Hello, my star children. How are you? Um, I'm coming off of a really cool weekend. I got to, if you've been following my stories, I've been talking about this on Instagram, but um, I got the chance to do a live workshop with my favorite galactic channeler and historian, Lisa Royal Holt. And it has been really cool. Uh, so today's Monday, I'm recording this, but it was on Friday and Saturday night, um, four hours each night. So it was like a nice, good deep dive. And then, uh, it's, it's again in a couple weeks get to do another session. And so that was really cool. Um, it's interesting cause I think I was the only American there. Um, Lisa is really big in Japan and so uh, you know, it's a Japanese translator and stuff like that. So it was just, it was really interesting and it was, it was cool to see another culture, you know, they're so interested in this stuff. Uh, besides just, you know, I, I feel like I see it a lot in Western culture, um, you know, of it being like a popular subject. So it was, it was cool to kind of have this other approach. And I just love Lisa because she's so grounded and uh, like her energy is just so like loving and you know sometimes when people talk about this stuff it it comes it's almost like there's this air of superiority or like we as a starseed we're the elite or something um, which always turns me off a lot but the way she talks about it is just, you know, it's like we're, we're all starseeds. We all carry the hologram inside of us. You know, when I say that, um, what I mean is that, you know, we are all one. We're all one soul. We're all one source looking at each other um, from two different sets of eyes. But we are all really just the one. And so we have all experienced all these lifetimes in this universe uh, and all these civilizations because we're all we're all the one um, and so we you know some of us express different karmic themes in each lifetime based off of what uh, you know what we our soul has gone through and what systems we've traveled through and our kind of individual journey but at the end of the day you know, we, we're all the same source. And so when one of us heals ourselves, the whole benefits and we heal each other collectively. And that's why it's so important for us to come together. You know, this isn't an individualistic journey. This is, you know, when, when one benefits, we all benefit from healing ourselves and awakening to our universal nature. And so in, in that way, you know, I've talked a lot about my Lyran lineage, um, but I, you know, I haven't tapped a lot into the other civilizations and healing some of the um, karmic wounds within that are related to those, you know, it hadn't really occurred to me because, uh, you know, I've, I'm so connected to the Lyran lineage based off of the past lives that have been expressing themselves in this life uh, and future lives, you know. Um, but I felt really connected to, you know, on day when we, we got to work on healing our Lyran lineage, and on day two we got to work on healing our Vagan lineage, which is, um, if the Lyran lineage is the more kind of masculine um polarity and path, the vegan lineage is the more feminine path and 
the you know once you the vegans descended from the lyrans and then the the vegans went through you know a totally different trajectory even though we're all kind of converging on earth right now and so i got to tap into my vegan orion my zeta lineage um and you know even if me as an individual soul has not gone you know had many lifetimes in these uh, civilizations because I am part of the whole because the hologram exists within it's still there to tap into and to heal if we want to and so that was really beautiful and it was like uh, you know kind of felt complete not complete. We're never complete, obviously. We're never done healing, but it felt it felt like um, I added a few more pieces to my my soul's puzzle, and that was really cool. So today, I wanted to play a couple sessions, actually clips from a couple sessions that are all about uh, the Syrian civilization and uh, specifically Sirius. So, uh, it's really common to encounter Syrians in my work just because there's a lot of Syrians here. Um, the civilization of, of Sirius and that star system are very, very, very much connected to the earth, to us here. And, you know, they've been communicating with earthlings for a long time. They've been, um, you know, coming in to assist and help for a very long time. And so it's common to encounter people who have serious lineage. Um, but this session is just particularly interesting because it's all about serious C. And um, there, so there are these different star systems within Sirius. And of course, we're talking also about you know, the stars now are different from the stars then and so on. But uh, so there's series A, B, and C. So there's a lot of folks from series A and B on our planet. Uh, but not a lot of people who have gone through series C. So series C and B are kind of aquatic type lands. And series C it was this underwater kind of world and the people from there were kind of aquatic looking um not quite mermaids like not what you would uh think of as a mermaid they are um oh it's so hard to explain i've seen illustrations of them and they're just like they you know they kind of have like um flipper hands and stuff uh but they're humanoid you know and they're uh they spend most of the time in the water because that was how their planet was how it evolved um <clears throat> so what happened with Sirius C was that um, well so this is this is the cool part this is why I love my job because I get to do some like investigative uh work <laughs> and kind of help put pieces of puzzles together so with Sirius C you know I have I had when I encountered this client and her journey um you know I had known about Sirius C but I didn't know a lot about it because there's not a lot of information about it um Debbie Solaris has a little information on her website about Sirius C um but you know I think she, her wording on her website is like you know Sir, Sirius C is um, a little bit rare and mysterious and we don't really know what happened we know that something happened to their star and the people migrated out to B and A and um, I also uh, there's a book called A Gift from the Stars by Elena Danon and um, she goes through the different civilizations and such and she talks a little bit about Sirius C in there too and um that's where there's an illustration of them in there and you know and it's it wasn't really clear what exactly happened to their planet 
but possibly, you know, it was, it's been said that it's possible that maybe their star died out or something like that. And so, um, when I encountered this, these lifetimes in Series C, it was cool because I got to kind of, um, it was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Like now I know exactly, you know, I was able to kind of complete some of the story. So that's what happened. Their star died out and they had to go find a new planet. And they're the most, it's the most ancient planet of the Sirius system where there have been civilizations. So, um, so yeah, why don't we just jump in and I'm going to play it for you and, um, see if this maybe rings any bells with you. A lot of these sessions, you know, the lifetime that comes through is one that maybe is a little bit heavy or sad. Uh, and, you know, because these souls who are here on earth have lived through so much. And so this is one of those, um, maybe not quite as heavy as mine <laughs> where, where I was sobbing the entire way through, but, um, but you know, it's, it's a little bit heavy, but see if it, see if any of this resonates with you. It's really disorienting. It's an underwater world. Mm. And I can feel my brain just translate it into cartoon Little Mermaid land, which is not my favorite Little Mermaid. Uh -huh. But um, but it's definitely just like, this is how you can understand what's happening. Yeah, and that's a great observation. You, Your brain is translating whatever information it's receiving in the in the only way it knows how and so it might feel a little bit like a cartoon and that's okay just trust that it's that it's real so what do you see around you so it'd be like navigation by light the lights above and it's dark off to the sides mm-hmm and yeah, it's almost more like like smelling, like it's not very visual. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's so, so different. Like the decisions to be made are just totally different. Yeah. What, what are, what impression are you getting that m might be some of the decisions you make? I mean, just what I'm aware of is that it's important to like make a decision clearly because it'll happen the second the decision is made. Hmm. Um, but the, decision I need to make is just what direction to go and I feel like I'm avoiding looking at like literally the Little Mermaid castle mm -hmm. um, maybe why? just, be maybe yeah, why? just be because it bothers me that it looks like that but mm -hmm. um it's whether to remain lonely or not the decision okay are you trying to decide if you want to meet up with others or continue on your own yeah it's the decision between like the comfort of others and the excitement of exploration mm -hmm. it feels like a binary choice and well, maybe we can move you forward to the time when you make that decision and tell me what happens so I decided to go into the castle and 
and it was lovely. Excellent. Are you there by yourself or are there others around you? There's others around sometimes, which is which is better than I thought I would be from that first moment. Mm. And Like I'm creating something. I'm creating something here instead of just exploring what is. Mm-hmm. The visual I get is that I've created this castle to be a light beam. Okay. But it's really lovely how warm and supportive it is, and I'm creating something at the same time. Hmm. Are you are you building the castle? Or are you building something within the castle that generates light? Building something within the castle that generates light. Okay. You know what the purpose is? I was just asking myself that. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. Like that's part of the purpose mm-hmm. um, it's hope mm. how are you feeling inside I sad and I don't know why it's such a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Really sad. Yeah. Is it? Do you think that something's coming? Is there something that's going to happen that you know about or that you have a feeling about? Maybe. That darkness right from the beginning. Mm. Darkness within or in your environment? In the environment. Um, Yeah, that makes this hope light being almost desperate like like it's kind of sad that it's needed even though it's beautiful in itself did something happen to where you are yeah was there some sort of destruction Yeah, in that little little mermaid cartoon land, um, mm-hmm. which is an analogy, it literally feels like the ground around it is almost crumbling down into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And you're there to bring that light beam of hope. Yeah, but it's not. It's like hope of escape, not hope to stay here and be, have it be nice again. (laughs) Yeah. Because you you want it to be restored. rather it be restored and that doesn't seem possible okay I would like to move you forward to an important day what happens it it worked like that light beam of hope worked Now the only thing left is to say goodbye to the world, which 
Tell me about that. Um, it's so sad. Like, like the people got saved and the like the community is still there and it's still supportive and it's yeah, just like last ship off a dying world it's like home is gone mm. or you know the physical part of home is gone yeah do you remember what home looked like before the destruction you have can you imagine that in your mind yeah just like the coral reefs and all that light and shimmering and colors and freedom and underwater for sure underwater mm-hmm. like unbearably beautiful mm. so that's a big contrast so yeah. now let's move you to another important day in the escape whatever pods or spaceships, I guess. Um, And something's happened that makes that feel like home, finally. Like like a baby was born or like something that makes the hope not feel abstract anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. just like a moment for me personally where that wound just isn't as raw anymore the wound of leaving home mm-hmm. so are you are you leaving um, leaving this place or are you staying there that might actually be the event like mm-hmm deciding not to stay anymore mm-hmm. which feels like it should be sadder but it's not it's just like okay that's that part's done that place is done I see and where where are you going now just exploring um like it ties back to that first impression that I could go explore or go to the community mm-hmm. except this time I get to explore with the community mm. are you still underwater um no I don't switch to like a spaceship thing which I guess it could be water inside the spaceship but mm-hmm. yeah so where um, I'd like to move you to wherever your spaceship is headed and um, wherever your destination is or wherever you end up think that intention was to stop anywhere like the spaceships were kind of self-sufficient but like some people got tired of not having a a planet I guess Mm -hmm. I don't know this one is even weirder than Little Mermaid Land um (laughs) it's It's still underwater, but it feels more like a savanna. Um, There's something about it that says savanna to my head. Mm -hmm. Or even, yeah, even as simple as it being shallower, I guess, like the. Oh, I see. The light is more, it's brighter. Maybe that's all it is. 
And you're still with your community. Yeah. Um, there's still some like sadness that we're not exploring, mm-hmm. but it's, it, it's, it feels so good to be in community. Do you have a, do you have any sense of um, what your body looks like? Or if you were to look at the other people around you? It might be kind of cartoony, but that's okay. That'll give, yeah. us, a, that'll give us clues to what it might actually look like. Since I get it's just like blobs, actually. Like, but they have to hold together somehow. Um, Slightly like jellyfish. Mm-hmm. And part of my brain's just like they're mermaids. Mm-hmm. Fine, just think of them as mermaids. Um, I'm curious if there's any like dolphin qualities. Yes. Yeah, kind of more like an attitude and the, without the creepy rape facts about dolphins, but <laughs> yeah, like the playfulness and the, yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, that clicked things clear quite a bit. Okay, great. I'm wondering if your higher self is around to ask a question. Yeah. Why did you show this life? It's just a lot there. The the community aspect. Just experience that. And the ability to do something even on that really sad planet. how much evolution is possible within a lifetime. Mm. Mm-hmm. How how is she meant to use this in her current lifetime to help others? To call people in and that assurance that walking out into the dark just because it's there Mm. isn't the only path. Does she still have a connection to them in her dreams? Yes. Has she spent many lifetimes as this being? As a humanoid Syrian? Yes. Have most of her lifetimes been on Earth? Many lifetimes have been. So that was session one of Series C. And you might notice that in a lot of these sessions, there's traveling, right? Like traveling um by spaceship to different star systems and i guess i it might help to give you a little information about how that's possible because we haven't reached that technology here on earth yet so i have read about different ways that different species navigate through space and time Um, I've read about the Pleiadians, and I don't think I'm going to go into it here because I think that could be a whole other exercise and topic. But um, with the Syrians, if uh, I've read, I'm reading right now Keepers of a Garden, and that's a book by Dolores Cannon that is about a Syrian civilization. And the way that these Syrians navigate is by using the energetic ley lines that exist 
in space and they use crystals. So their crystals are within their craft. There's a whole diagram of it in uh, the book. It's really interesting. And so they're able to just kind of basically like hop on the ley line and uh, the energetic ley line and the they're through um, magnetic the magnetic field of the ley line the crystal is able to move it's kind of like a almost think of like a monorail or something um, because we do have some of this technology here on earth uh, you know there are trains like high-speed trains for example that move this way through magnets and so it's very similar to that so you just kind of get onto the energetic track and they're able to go so i think that's just super interesting so now what i want to do is play the second session that we did together uh around this lifetime and because we we had so many questions you know it kind of opened up this can of worms it was like oh man like Okay, what happened? Let's find out. Was was this serious C? Was it the star? You know, did, did the star um, or the sun, you know, the system, did it die? Is that really what happened? Uh, see if we could do some investigation with that. And sometimes after these uh, sessions too, it's like uh, it opens up this kind of portal in your heart. And it's like, oh my gosh. I need some sort of closure or something like it, it really helps to kind of go back in and find out what what happened you know so uh, I'm gonna play the follow-up session to this one now it feels like I got dropped exactly where I did last time mm-hmm like same dark on one side, castle on the other, light above and dark below. Um, and I want to go up to the surface and it's not just not as bright as I was imagining. Mm. Are you, uh, did you check out the surface? Yeah, it's, it's just water. But below I had the impression that like the sun would be kind of dazzling through like you would expect here. Mm-hmm. But the, the light is really weird. It's not, it's not dark, it's not night, but it's not cloudy. Mm -hmm. yes. What color of light is it? Is it yellow light, white light? And there's no such thing as dark light but it's, it's dusky and kind of purplish, mm. purplish navy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody around you? No. No, it's just waves. They're not big waves, but they're not small either. Mm -hmm. What about sea life? Is there, um, are there any other, if you were to look around maybe the seafloor or around you, do you see vegetation or other animals? It's all flocking around that castle, which has this like rosy light coming off of it. Mm. And it's kind of like the sea life is huddled into it. I see. And how are you feeling? 
surface level okay and underneath just like devastated mm-hmm. why are you devastated it, it's ending mm-hmm. things that used to be alive aren't and underneath the waves it's like the darkness is has a form almost mm. big furry bushes of darkness which doesn't make any sense at all but interesting does it feel like uh, an like an energy it does it doesn't feel like it should but I'm not sure if just that devastation is personalizing the darkness creeping up Mm -hmm. or if it actually does have an energy of its own. Yeah. Or you could just be um, able to sense things in this lifetime that you aren't able to in this. So it just feels different, Mm -hmm. like sense energy more sensitively. Yeah, I can see that. I'm curious, if you were to swim up to one of the big furry bushes of darkness, what happens? They loom. Um, It's something I've done quite a bit. Um, Exploring under them, like I can bring my own light. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't attack. Like I can go under and see how things are dying under the darkness. Mm. What information can you get from that? It's starvation. Mm. It makes me feel really insecure. Like I, I trust whatever light or bubble I'm in, but it, it matters. Like if the bubble failed, I would die too. So yeah, it's scary. Do you know if it's um, starvation via um, lack of oxygen or lack of light or lack of food or all of the above all of the above um, yeah. yeah the darkness just starves the whole system mm-hmm. the little things to the the bigger life. Yeah. And so now what's your, what is your plan? It's giving up on the planet. That's... Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've tried things. Mm-hmm. The castle is a success, but it's it's just staving off. The castle is making it worse. Um, mm. Like it's a trade-off. I see. Is that because it's using the light? Yeah. Yeah, that's uncomfortable. I I feel like I might have argued against having a castle, but mm. I'm kind of resigned to it now. Yeah. Um, are you? And how's how does that all? Do you, do you have um? What is your 
relationship with the others in your community. Been kind of an asshole. Um, <laughs> and I feel bad about it now. Uh, it, I've been arguing too much to like study and try to live in the darkness and be okay with it. And that wasn't the right answer, like this castle and escaping. I see. Taking the civilization probably was the right answer, but it was a hard one. Yeah. What's the social hierarchy there? Like, is there um, some sort of governing system? It's really collective. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of been an asshole, so I'm not as part of the collective as I could have been, but they, they still love everybody. It's not, not punitive or anything. Right. Is that why um, in the first session you were considering going off on your own versus staying with the group? Yeah. Yeah. Was it because you still had hope for this planet? No. It was probably really recently that I'd given up hope for the planet, but a part of me just wanted to die with it. Oh, I see. Yeah, thought it was kind of a noble way to go instead of just being fruitless, which is what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Do you feel in danger in any way? Um, or do you feel and more like this is something that has been coming for a while? I don't feel in danger. It was urgent. Mm -hmm. um, but we figured it out fast enough that that like the community wasn't wasn't ever going to die just just if the planet was or not mm -hmm. I don't think there's any danger it doesn't feel like there's an attack or anything it just feels no. like a natural process yeah um, I want to ask your higher self a couple questions if your higher self is hanging out mm -hmm. I'm just going to do this in a, a yes or no kind of a way um, to help get um, just a few accurate assessments uh, is this lifetime connected with Sirius C yes okay. um, later did well was the planet that she ended up settling on next, was that Sirius B? Yes. Okay. And so this is the part then when I ask a bunch of questions, usually of a personal nature, so I don't usually share them uh, on the podcast, but <clears throat> it's a great time to kind of start connecting some of the dots of your life. And seeing how 
your past lifetimes and other star systems have been playing out in this lifetime for you. So something that I get asked all the time when I'm connecting with people who are kind of just starting out in their starseed journey is like, how do I, how do I know if it's time to go in and explore my past lives? Like if, if I do, will it come through, you know? And what I always say is that the higher self knows when it's time because you will start getting these sort of like bleed throughs from your previous lifetimes. Either I see this a lot, especially lately, has been people who their guides or their higher selves are giving them messages that say, you know, either with sometimes it's words, right? Like it could be the word starseed or it could be, you know, if you're clairaudient, you know, you um, are able to hear messages from your guides. Uh, you know, you might even hear messages connected with, you know, a civilization that you've been in or another way is that things just the synchronicities start lining up right like you might um like information about star seeds or a specific civilization might just start popping up everywhere and it's like what is going on and that's another way that your guides might be or your higher self might be letting you know like hey i'm trying to flag you down like come on it's it's time it's time um or just like sometimes it just comes through in this inner knowing right kind of like claircognizance right where it's like oh like there's something here and that's your intuition your guides you know telling you it is time it's time to awaken and i have it's been so much fun and so cool lately seeing how it's just like it's like a mass awakening right now where it's it's becoming clear that it's time to start opening up our consciousness our consciousness to our galactic selves like it's i believe it's time you know we are here to heal the world and we can't do that if we haven't healed ourselves first and our own you know karmic journeys through these civilizations right learning about these things that have impacted us so much in our lifetime and and maybe not even realizing it until until the do- that until that door is open. So let me tell you a couple logistical things. So I am accepting one-on-one clients right now, either, you know, my program quantum coherence, either in, you know, you don't have to have a business to join quantum coherence with me. Um, and with quantum coherence, you get unlimited quantum hypnosis sessions included so that, you know, we open up a can of worms, we can dive back in and keep going until we get what you need, uh, as well as processing sessions and, you know, anything else that comes up in your life. And so that program is six months and it's weekly. Whereas my program business alchemy, that's specifically for folks who also have businesses. I mean, you can join it if you don't have a business and you're thinking about it, you know, you don't, there's no requirement, but, uh, you know, in there, it's going to be a big, big, not just like business support, but a big deep dive into our comic karmic themes in all these different galactic civilizations. Like we're going in and I will be able to help you know for yourself what star systems you have come through and you'll be able to have purchase quantum hypnosis sessions if you want not a requirement so um i'm 
I'm designed to be generous because I think it's fun. Uh, what I'm going to do is if you are in my quantum coherence program, you'll get access to business alchemy for free. So I'll be throwing that in for you. Also, if you are in business alchemy, then, and you decide that you want to do one-on-one coaching and do quantum coherence with me, you can apply your fee that you paid because business alchemy is uh, 555. So you can apply that towards my one-on-one package. So um, you don't have to like decide which one you want to do. Either one, you'll, you'll either get, uh, you'll either get access to business alchemy or you'll get to, if you decide to do quantum coherence later, you'll get to apply that to there. So if this resonated with you and like unlocked something for you, I would love it if you reached out to me. Um, you know, I'm not going to try to like sell to you or like rope you in (laughs) to any of my programs. I just want to hear from you. I want to, it's been so fun. Um, I've been interacting a lot with my listeners and people who have been kind of following me in my business lately. And it's just been really, really touching and affirming to me how needed this is and how many of you are resonating and are starting to shift and unlock some things for yourselves. So just reach out, say, Hey, I'm like a normal, (laughs) I'm a normal person. (laughs) even if what I do in my business is a little weird. And um, yeah, I would love to hear from you. I love hearing from you guys. So I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Starseed Awakening podcast. The doors are open to my one-on-one program, Quantum Coherence, which combines virtual quantum hypnosis sessions and coaching to help you recover your memories from other lifetimes, expand your identity, and turn your power all the way on. Go to my website, thestarseedawakener.com, to book a free quantum connection call.